Hello, welcome to the Little Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Mitchell, and this is episode 25. Hey, Mr. DJ. Richie Stedman, welcome to the Little Lessons Podcast. I'm so excited that you are here. Thank you for allowing me to be here. Well, it's uh, pretty awesome to have um, somebody that I admire in the podcasting world to be here on the podcast with me. It's pretty awesome. Uh, that that uh, you should you should uh, aim your uh, aspirations, your admiration a little <laughs> higher. That's that's, that's good. <laughs> that's all I'll say to that. But thank you. I appreciate that. Sounds good. Well, I have a question for you. So you have a background as a radio DJ. Mm-hmm. And you are the best DJ in Utah, self-proclaimed, but I believe it because I haven't heard anybody else. Yeah, um, no, one else has, no one else has dared self-proclaim is <laughs> what you're is. saying. Yes. There it is. So I have a question for you and it comes in two parts. Number okay. one, um, given your background in radio DJ, what is one song that you feel should be dead and buried and never played on the radio ever again? Marcy's Playground, Sex and Candy. Oh, that's a good one. That's a yeah. really good one. Yeah. Okay. Or Bittersweet Symphony is another one that I, if I never hear either of those <laughs> songs ever again, I'm fine. You're fine. Okay. Okay. And now there, at least one of those is so popular on TikTok and Instagram. So mm-hmm. it's um, the Bittersweet Symphony. That one's on everything now, which mm-hmm. is funny because that was so popular when I was younger. So those are interesting choices, but I like them. Um, second part of the question, as like a wedding DJ, um, what is one song that should never be played at a wedding or ever requested? Uh, I mean, this, there's a couple of them, uh, I, but I'll say that because they should never be played there, that's also why they should be played. Okay. <laughs> so I sort of lean into that. Um, and, uh, Arrested Development helped to know one of them, but Afternoon Delight is always one that, uh, when people, cause it's a great song, right. but people aren't aware of, of what that song is about. Yeah. And then similarly, um, there's a really popular and it's a really great Marvin Gaye song. Okay. Uh, let's get, let's get it on, which a lot of people really like for their weddings. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but it's on, it's an uncomfortable song <laughs> if it's not uh like the couples dancing right that like right. there there are songs that it should only be the couples dancing to and at the moment that someone's like oh it's a slow song so i'm going to slow dance with someone that isn't my romantic partner it's uncomfortable and i always just go oh okay just remember they're not listening to the lyrics let's just move on <laughs> i bet you've seen some interesting things in your wedding dj um yes. tenure uh mm-hmm. I'll have to, I'll have to ask you about those sometime. I don't think we have time this time, but uh, I bet there's some interesting things that go on. <laughs> I, I Well, I'll tell you one real quick. I can wrap yeah, this very Yeah, let's quick. do it. So uh, I had a bridesmaid. Actually, I think it was Maid of Honor who she, um, she had had a lot to consume of the alcoholic type of beverage. Okay. And okay. she was giving her toast and said, we all know they don't really love each other. Oh. And we all know that the only reason they're getting married is because she's pregnant, oh. which, which pause she was and no one else besides her and me knew that oh, at no. the wedding. And they had only told me so that they made sure that they're like, Hey, 
you know, no sort of jokes around this kind of thing or anything like that. I was like, I would never, but thank you for warning. Uh, And so they ended up, that is the groomsmen ended up picking that bridesmaid up, taking her away and sending her away and telling security to not allow her back. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's, that's intense. That is uh, very interesting. Um, Yeah. I I don't really have a follow-up for that. Um. (laughs) I'll just say the little lesson that I learned from that is that the word of wisdom is there for a reason. A reason. Sometimes Sometimes just help us control our mouth. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Uh, Richie, can you give me a little bit of a bio about yourself? Uh, sure. Uh, born and raised in Utah. I lived for a short time in Cleveland. That was a religiously affiliated vacation. And then uh, lived for <laughs> I've a never heard time. it described that way. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's 100% what that was. And then uh, lived for a short time in Chicago when I went to clown college. And, Wait, you went to uh, clown college? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Changed oh, my life. Oh, that's amazing. Changed and saved my life. And that's not hyperbole. I love uh, that. Uh, and... And what uh, radio DJ, which you hit up uh, for most of my 20s, I was excommunicated from the LDS church and then came back uh, right as I turned 30. Uh, what else would I say? Um, my my Facebook bio would tell you that I'm going to be the future mayor of Taylorsville. That's a awesome. city in Utah for people who don't know. Uh, yeah, I'd vote so, for you, but I don't live in Taylorsville. So, yeah, that's what most people will say. Yeah. Either that or I wouldn't vote for you and I do live in <laughs> it's one or the other. One or the other. No middle ground. Um, how did you get into radio DJing? Uh so uh when I got home uh from the mish and uh well I should say let me dial back a little bit. So when I was on my mission, I I had 19 different companions in the two years that I was there, which would make it sound like I was a problem. I was not the problem, it was them. Always and uh yeah. <laughs> and one of the DJ or one of the DJs, the campaigns that I actually got along really well with, he told me, Hey, when I get back, I'm going to try and get into radio. And because he and I launched so well, I was like, huh, how about that? When I went to Southern Utah University, they have a radio program, really great there. Uh, I was like, you know, maybe I should give that a shot. He and I were alike. Maybe that would be something that I would like to do. And so uh, I went to try and get in the class. Class was full. I begged the professor to allow me in and he wouldn't regret it. And the rest, as they say, is history. Is history. And now you um, host the most popular show in podcast form, The Cultural Hall. Um, well, you on all of your words, podcasts. I would, I would not <laughs> self-proclaim that. Uh, but yeah, I do that. And then I work with a bunch of clients um, that are also, you know, doing tremendous and amazing things. Uh, in the podcast space. You and you've, being one of them. Oh, thank you. I'm not sure if I'm tremendous or wonderful yet. I'm getting there. We'll 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 cross that bridge, but it's you a slow are both burn. tremendous and wonderful because you are. I'm oh, trying to learn I'm trying to learn that lesson because I like you will deflect, but it really is true. You are tremendous and wonderful be just because you are. Anything on, on top of that is just icing. Awesome. Thank you, Richie. You're so kind. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, religious background. So you said you served a mission for the LDS mm-hmm. church. You spent some time away. You came back. And what, what anything around that you'd like to share that you feel comfortable sharing? Uh, I mean, I, I've shared it all. So mm-hmm. the comfortability level as to how you want to talk about anything like that. I guess I would just say um, when people when people find out um, that I was gone for a while and then decided to come back, uh, the question that I get most is, what did you do? The second question that I get 
is uh, why did you decide to come back? So I'm guess- more interested in the second question than the yeah. first question. Well, good, because I'm not answering with you the first one. Thank I don't want to know. <laughs> uh, but it is interesting how people get bold and go, well, what'd you do? Right. And I, I always make the joke that I started my own church and only charged people 8%. And that's what they kicked me out for. And I don't know. Some people get it. <laughs> Other people go, that's awkward. Um, the reason why I came back, though, is for that whole time that I was gone, um, the the best way that I can describe it is that I just like felt like something was missing and or something was pulling me to be back part of it. Uh, I had tried multiple times to kind of get in line to be able to come back and and uh, for whatever reason, uh, throughout that almost a decade, it just didn't happen that way. And then finally, a little bit of maturity, a little bit of uh, changed circumstances, some of those things. And then I was back in and and all out it and all and all at it. But I will say this: um, in the whole time that I was out, and I'm air quoting for people that are just listening, uh, you know, I was at church every Sunday and including on vacation. So it wasn't ever like I didn't want to participate or be there. It was just there were other things that uh, struggling with in order to be able to be a member in full fellowship. So you weren't antagonistic then? Oh, I'm always antagonistic. (laughs) I should know better than to ask that question. (laughs) Uh, But no, I never was like anti or like, what are everybody? No, it was never anything like that. It was not ever an issue of doctrine or belief in a a God that loves me or anything like that. Nothing Mm -hmm. like that. And you said it was for 10 years. Almost. Almost. Wow. Wow. Um, Can I ask, and like I said, I don't care what you did. Like that's not any of my business, not anything that I actually care about. Um, Not that I don't care about you, but I don't care about what you did. Um, What is that process like once you're like, yeah, I want to, uh, I want to be a member in full fellowship again. Is it like you're taking the missionary discussions and like going through that whole process, what, what is the, what's it like? Yeah. So some of it, uh, you know, I've had the opportunity because I have been so open about that. That's what happened in my life. I've had an opportunity to talk to a lot of people mm-hmm. and some really feel compelled to take like the missionary discussions or to meet with the missionaries before they get rebaptized. In my case, uh, what it was, was, you know, an initial meeting with, um, an ecclesiastical leader said, hey, I'd like to be back. He said, Whoa. <laughs> hang on let's meet a few more times and so i did and then we did and 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 that was and that was in and you know for for me and and for anyone who gets excommunicated you have the opportunity to be uh baptized again mm-hmm. which uh is a unique experience because i remember very distinctly my first baptism at eight years old mm-hmm. uh where i was at how i felt uh, being in the water with my dad and, and, you know, truly having that be one of the, the most, uh, memorable spiritual experiences for my life. And so then to do it again, you know, 22, 23 years later, also with my dad, also, you know, all, all those kind of things. And, and, um, yeah, it was, it was a unique experience that I, I'm not encouraging anyone to go, and you know whatever so that they can be in that same situation but it definitely was although the the ordinance entirely the same the Mm -hmm. experience entirely different yeah that's what was going to be my follow-up like you have these very uh profound memories from when you were eight and so the memory like 
what's what's the difference between okay. the you know what you were feeling yeah so um you know at eight the the to the level that you understand it I I can remember distinctly being like, yeah, God's team, let's do this. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, getting into the water and uh, in a way that I can only describe, like, you know, there there's like feeling warm and then there's like the feeling of warmth. Yeah. And that's the difference. Like, I just remember being like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know that I've ever felt this right about doing something, about committing to, to you know, to do my best, about taking the step onto the to you know to to the plan all the things right like i was in the zone there we go uh and then a humorous part of it my dad apparently held me down quite a long time to make sure that i was you know properly immersed because they're sure that's why (laughs) well so he brought me up and the bishop in the middle of the kind of ceremony said if you had held him down a second longer i was about to jump in and take him in or you know and get him out you know for you and then my dad said and i quote i just wanted to make sure it took <laughs> so uh That's so funny. there so there was that humorous but also uh, honestly like i can remember just like as i went under the water like this this feeling of like warmth and then just being in the clouds almost like when you fly on a plane and like everything is sort of white around you and then it gets swept away and you're able to see you know the blue sky again it it felt kind of like that so then um the second time uh you know i have all of my family there and they're able to witness it and um and, and to me um being able to do that again with my dad was kind of was sort of twofold one what something that people don't consider is when you um when you face church discipline mm-hmm. it certainly affects you mm-hmm. yeah but yeah. but but it affected my dad in a in a big way um you can probably have some empathy for this in that you, although you you can recognize logically that you don't you know your kids make their choices they have their own agency the things that they do it, it's them right it right. it's no you're not good or bad depending on what your kids pick but he had assigned to him this idea that he had done something wrong yeah or he had you know failed in some sort of way and so and so for him to be able to kind of enter uh in the water with me w- almost served as a redemption for him as well that's really sweet. Yeah. And he held me down really long <laughs> again, apparently. And, and I don't know that he knows that he does he did that or does that or whatever the thing is, but someone else made the comment that was like, he held you down for an exceptionally <laughs> long time compared to other baptisms I've seen. And, you know, it was just a it was a great time because when when I was baptized the second time, then I was able to go um and and uh, be able to re-enter the temple, and you know I didn't take a name to the temple, but the the name um, when I went through that I was assigned from the temple, the last name was Stedman, which is my oh, last wow. name, and I had not planned that, and so it was one of those times where it was like, God, I get you, yeah, you're there. This is a small thing, but you know it's sure it, a little for- lesson, if you will. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. someone should maybe even do a podcast about it. About it. No, but it really was a thing where. <laughs> where uh where i felt like yeah god god knows it's a small yeah. detail it means only something to me but man he is 
he is right aside me right now. Oh, I love all of that. That's the way you described all of that is so beautiful. Um, I, it's interesting to see how, um, just the difference between the two experiences that are the same, but different, you know, and, mm-hmm. it, and it has to do just with your knowledge and your, um, the experiences you've had. Cause I remember like when I was baptized, when I was eight, um, that, that whole circumstance was the first time that I remember actually feeling the spirit, mm. um, that I can point to that day and say, yes, that's the first time that I felt a manifestation of the Holy ghost in my life. Um, wow. and I know there were probably times before then, you know, um, sure. but to, to be able to look back at December 21st, 1990, that was the day that I can point to, um, I, it would be an interesting thing to then have that experience happen in a different circumstance, a different circumstance, a different age with different um, life experience. And then obviously what you had been through with being away and then coming back. Um, I really like the way you explain it all. So thank you. Um, yeah, I, I, I like I like the uniqueness of perspective that it gives me for converts of the church yeah. because. Uh, for those of us that are lifers, right, you just sort of do it. You do it at a time. And and it's not that you're, you know, it's not peer pressure necessarily, but, you, you know, the cool kids, air quotes, are getting baptized and, and you want to be a part of that. And and you certainly believe it and you're taught it and all those things. But when, when uh, converts come to, and that's converts of anyone, anyone who accepts Jesus in any way, yeah. if you think about the time that they have prior to that time, and then being able to have the belief and the promise that all of that stuff before mm-hmm. gets, you know, washed away. Think of that. Right. Think if, think if, you know, someone could take you right now and be like, hey, all the all that stuff, let's let's take care of that and restart. I mean, that's it's incredible. incredible. It's such an amazing gift from our Heavenly Father, too. Um yeah that he gives us those opportunities. Well, I want to switch gears up really quick. We don't have a ton of time left. I need to upgrade my zoom, but I also need to make money first before I can do that. Um, so you, uh, to me, you seem like the type of person who follows your passions. Like you do the things that you want to do and you lean into the things that you are good at. You do uh, community theater Side note, everybody go see uh, Richie in Indiana Bones at the Desert Star Theater in Utah, in Murray. You've it's, only got a couple more weeks. Only a couple more weeks. So get 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 your tickets now. Um, but you, um, you've done the radio DJ thing. You do a show in podcast form. Anybody who listens to the Cultural Hall will understand that joke. And you're a podcast consultant. You do singing telegrams. So where does Heavenly Father fit into you finding and going after the passions that you have in your life. Yeah, interesting. And I it's always it's always um fascinating for me to hear how people perceive me, right? Because right. it certainly is a thing that I go, "Oh man, I love this." But there there may or may not be a time right now where I feel like, "What am I supposed to be doing?" <laughs> uh and that is definitely how I feel. But to answer your question, uh the way that god works with me is that he puts people in um in in my path or opportunities in my path and then creates such a fire that i can't put it out about that thing o- almost to the point of like mania or manic 
you know, like some, something will come in and I'll be like, yes, I absolutely could dress like Cupid and sing to people (laughs) all across the Wasatch front. And you should do that. And absolutely don't forget that thing. And, and, you know, the, the, what natural man part of me is like, Mm -hmm. that sounds like a lot of work. I really don't want to do that. (laughs) And he's like, no, you're missing the point. Not only will this be financially lucrative and you've got some things coming down the way that this money is going to be spent on, but also you will love it. And then I do it and I'm like, oh yeah, God, you're, I guess, you know, I guess you are omnipotent. I'll try and be better about listening next time. Yeah. So what can the rest of us who listen to you just describe that? What can we do to more effectively follow our pursuits and lean into the things that we love. Cause there's a lot, I'll, I'll, I'm not this person, but there's a lot of people who are like, Oh yeah, I would love to start a podcast or I would love to do community theater, but I don't have the time or I don't have the da 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 da, or I don't want to embarrass myself or I don't want to do all these things. What advice would you have for those people? So I would say two very quick things. One, get out of your own way. Mm -hmm because most of the time that's all that it is. And the second thing is, if you would love to, then you would do it. So don't lie to yourself and tell you yourself that you would love to do that. I would love to. No, you wouldn't. If you would love to do it, you would do it. Yeah, I love that. I, you know, is this a season to do it? Maybe not. And there's definitely some things into play. So I'm not like, abandon your family and try and make it on Broadway. That isn't what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But if you would love to do A, you would find a way to do a part of A that that fuels that fire. I love that so much, so much. Cause a lot of people have said to me, they're like, why would you start a podcast right now? And I'm like, I don't know. Why not? You know, mm-hmm. like I've got this stuff. I've got the people in my life who can help me. I've got, you know, something to say, why not? Mm-hmm. You know? And, uh, I think I love that. Get out of your own head, just get out of your own way and just do the thing. And yeah. And the thing I would piggyback on that is don't think that it has to be the thing that you think it's going to be. So like for you with the podcast, right? Are you going to be a international broadcaster? You know, I'm not, I hope I'm not breaking your heart. Probably not. Could be, but also maybe God has other things in store for you that you don't have any idea. Maybe it's reconnecting with people. Maybe it's something that's going to help firm your faith down the road. Maybe it's whatever you don't know. That's not the point. God's like, do it. And you, you either get the choice to do it or don't do it. And he can instruct you if you do or don't do that thing. Yep. And he'll make out of it what he needs it to be. Yep. Um, I, that's one thing that I've learned is that this podcast doesn't look really much like I initially intended it to. There's some bits and pieces that are the same. Um, and the goal is still the same, but it has ended up looking different, but it's because I've been open to inspiration from heavenly father and feedback from other people and it's becoming what it needs to be. So, um, I think, yeah, just relying on heavenly father that he's going to do with us what he needs to. And it's a fun journey. So last question, Richie, um, do you have any specific experiences where you know that Heavenly Father was sending a lesson that was specific and unique to you? Yes. So, um, man, where to go? Because there's a couple that come to my mind. Uh, Let me share this one. So uh, getting a a divorce, I'm, I'm in my second marriage. Getting a divorce is terrible. I don't recommend zero stars, but uh, I had the opportunity to do that. My first marriage was not uh, what it needed to be. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I am the type of person that feels like I can control all the situations, right? If I do A and then I do B, then C is the next natural thing that will come uh, across. And um, and that's fine, kind of, except that's not at all how life works. And there was a, a major lesson for me being in a, in a marriage that didn't work, one that I prayed and asked God, should I be a part of this? And he was like, yes. Mm. And I can't doubt that. I can't question that um, affirming sort of answer to a prayer that it was like, yeah, do this, go for this, let's do it. And then having it fall apart really, really, really came to be like, hey, pal, where were you? Where were you on this? You said this was going to be a great thing. You said that, you know, and 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 the meaning that I took from this was going to be a great thing was, you know, I'm never going to have to do this again. We go off into the sunset. You know, we hold hands lying on a bed and the geese take us away and we die. And then we read from a notebook. Right. Like all the things yeah, all the I had. Things. I had I had imagined all the things. And and the little lesson that that um, that God taught me was, hey, pal. You're in control of very little. <laughs> and be in control of the things that you can be in control of and then give me the rest and get out my way because the things that I'm going to do with you, you have no idea what they are. This little vision of what you think your life is going to be like, where you think this is going, all that kind of stuff. Nope. Get out the way. Let's get on board. Here we go. And and that was tough because I was real mad for a real long time or felt like I was lied to or betrayed or maybe I didn't follow, you know, these promptings of the Holy Ghost, whatever the thing is that I thought it was. I was like, no, that must that must all be. a Oh, wait a minute. There's another part to this. I, I love that, Richie. That's like the perfect place to wrap it all up and and bring it home. So thank you. Thank you for sharing so many things that are personal for you. Um, I appreciate it a lot. I know you're very open anyway, but I appreciate you being open with me. Thank you so much for tuning in to listen to today's episode and huge thank you to my friend and my podcast consultant, Richie Stedman. I appreciate his openness, his honesty and his vulnerability. And he's always a fun conversation. I hope you enjoyed it and please go and listen to the cultural hall show in podcast form. That's Richie's podcast. Then you can find it on any podcast platforms. If this episode or any other episodes have meant anything to you, please share them. Please share them with friends and family. You can share them in a text message, super easy or an email. You can even drop the link on social media. Also, I have a Instagram account for this podcast at the little lessons podcast. It's super easy to find with lots of uplifting content and different updates about the podcast. And with that, I invite everyone to go out into the world and look for the little lessons that Heavenly Father is sending specifically for you.